Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Lead Her podcast. We have got a guest here today. Welcome to the podcast, Michaela. Thank you. <laughs> so um, me and Michaela go way back. We actually went to the same university, but our paths didn't really cross until um, after uni, I started coaching and then Michaela came with some questions into like how we could improve her relationship with food and training. Mm-hmm. She just wanted to get in even better shape than she was by herself. So we knew there was some improvement with food there. So we worked together for a good few, for a good year or so, didn't we? Maybe yeah, longer. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. And Michaela's honestly always such an, an incredible client to have. Like you just done the work, you got your head down, you pushed, you learned, and you took it all in. And then we were eventually at a stage where we're like, you were good to go and do it mm-hmm. alone. Um, and then we worked together a little bit after your first baby. Yep. And that was more just making you get and eating more, feeling more fueled to like manage training, get back into training and find a routine post pregnancy because your life changes so much when you have oh, a yeah. <laughs> So that's how we kind of knew each other. And then recently um, I was at a friend's house. She's had her baby and I went to her house this time and she seemed like a different person. She had so much energy she was very chilled and and all of a sudden she said oh I've had a sleep coach for my little boy and I was like oh that's amazing and then she said it was Michaela and I was like Michaela Michaela no way and she was like yeah she does sleep coaching and I don't know how I hadn't seen it on social media because I see your stuff all the time but I just hadn't seen that you were doing that and I straight away the clock and my head was ticking I was like right I need to speak to you because I know over the years especially like with lead her and I'm growing, everybody who's followed us on social media is growing, all our members are growing. Everybody's at that kind of stage where they're thinking of having kids or they've had kids. And I just knew straight away, I was like, oh my God, Michaela could really give some really good value to like a lot of the women listening to this podcast. So we reached out, she was happy to come on. So I'm super excited to have you here today. Michaela, thank you so much for coming along. Well, thank you for that introduction. That was lovely. <laughs> um <laughs> I was just gonna say sorry on top of that anything like I've missed like do you want to share everyone a little bit more of who is Michaela? So I guess well I am I am a sleep coach Uh, I'm also a primary teacher and I'm a mum of two I've got Lottie who is now which seems crazy she's over two and a half um, and I've got little Otto who is five months so yeah a mum of two trying to juggle lots of things at the moment but it's been great. Yeah, amazing. I love that. And um, when did you figure out you were having auto? It was actually just after Alan and I got married. Uh, we were in, we got married in Ibiza and Alan and I stayed out for a couple of days afterwards and I just felt very iffy and I kind of, after that, I was like, this isn't a hangover anymore. So when we got home, I was like, right, I'm going to do a test. And there we were, we were pregnant with Otto. So it was a little surprise, but he's more than welcomed in the family. We love him so much. So he's just our little chilled baby. He's very chilled. So he's lovely. Yeah, I love that. So with you being a teacher, how the hell did you get into your sleep coaching? Where did that come from? So basically what happened was uh, I got pregnant with Lottie and she was born the like January after lockdown. So the first ever, the January after the first ever lockdown, which was when after Christmas, everything closed. So Lottie came then, um, it was dark, it was cold. 
before then I just assumed I so I had no friends who had babies so I just assumed you kind of fed a baby put them down in their cot and they slept until they were hungry again and it kind of worked like that and oh my gosh was I rudely awakened when Lottie came along um she didn't sleep she had really bad reflux she had a milk intolerance when she was five days old Alan had to kind of leave to go uh he he worked away so when she was five days old Alan left and I was kind of there with this baby who didn't sleep for two weeks and uh, sleep deprivation just it was awful it was a really kind of dark time um, and I thought I need to get on top of this or I'm gonna go crazy so I started kind of googling lots of um how to get your baby to sleep but there it was there was loads of conflicting evidence so like there was stuff saying they should be sleeping for two hours and there was things saying one hour and I just thought right I need to I need to properly do this so I started buying books and researching other sleep coaches and eventually I got Lottie to sleep so much better and uh, I remember Alan coming home from a camp and being like you with Shona he was just like oh my god Michaela what's happened you're like a different person like you're so chilled out you're happy you're yourself again and yeah from then on I was like after that I was like I just I don't want anyone else to go through that like I I say to my friends and things when I look back at Lottie's first kind of few months of her life it's just black and it's gray the memories aren't they're not nice and I would hate for any other mums to go through with that so um I decided again to kind of research how to become a sleep coach and uh, there was a course there and it, it was pricey but I thought you know what let's go for it I was on maternity leave I didn't really have much to lose apart from the money mm -hmm. uh, and I just loved it it was so interesting and it just became such a passion of mine um, I, and at the end of the course you needed to do kind of five case studies so you had to work with a baby a toddler at certain ages I can't remember what and uh, I worked with all five of my case studies and thankfully they all went to baby classes and kind of talked about me and it, then I was like right okay I'm gonna start an Instagram and I'm gonna see where this goes so uh, yeah two two and a half years ago and then I'm here now still doing it so yeah that's kind of the story of how it happened that it came from something not so positive, but it's created such a positive thing for me, my family and all of the families I work for. So, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like for you, like with your first time having a baby, you didn't realize there was anything that could help you with that. And no. I could do it by yourself or like just try to get on with it. And it just wasn't working. Oh, it was not working. No. Um, and yeah, just like. I needed to help from you at some point like you just sometimes need that coach to help you in the right direction and the, the good thing about being a sleep coach is you're not actually telling anyone what to do you're just guiding them through that process of right these are the options what do you think because you know your baby best you we, we work together to kind of create that plan it's not just like sleep there's sleep consultants that tell you exactly what to do but in a coaching thing it's more we're making the decisions together and I'm giving you the tools to get to where you want to be mm -hmm. yeah and how did you manage all the studying and getting the course and starting to help people with having Lottie and still trying to train as well because you were back working yeah. out and <laughs> um, that leave finished so eventually you would have went back to to schools so. yeah so I did the course during mat leave and I did my case studies during mat leave which made things a little bit easier and at this point lot because I'd worked on Lottie's sleep Lottie was sleeping so much better so I could 
like schedule calls when I knew she'd be nap like what I'm doing now kind of like when I know they're going to be napping I'll schedule a call with a new client um and it was just really I making time I'm so 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 lucky I've got my mum who's five minutes down the road Alan's mum who's 30 minutes up the road and it takes a it does take a village to bring up children and whatnot so I'm so fortunate that I can drop them off here and there just for like if I need to do a discovery call or if I need to do an initial call um but I guess it's about making time as well like I do lots of my calls in the evening when Lottie and Otto are sleeping um, and I suppose that works really well for most mums as well because that's kind of their free time so it's just about making time and I think if you really like I'm so passionate about the sleep lab so I just try and make it work the best I can um, I've got Alan here as well who'll take the kids happily I'm just really fortunate I've got lots of family around but it is about as well kind of prioritizing things you know you might I might have to miss out on a few things with my friends because I've got calls in the evening but again I I love helping people and I love the sleep lab so I love kind of making it work and it's just about I guess time management for me I think with two little kids at the moment um I naively thought this time on maternity leave I'd be able to do a lot more but I I have been rudely awakened by that as well having to is different level <laughs> so I maybe don't get as much done now as I did in my first maternity leave but I do I do try my best to um yeah yeah I love that it's so I just find it so interesting when you've just found something that's such a struggle you feel the only person in the world that's got the problem and everybody else is getting on with it mm. and you've found out more you find a passion in it and you've just rolled with it and you're feeling so good and I think like a thing for a lot of mums as well is like they can lose themselves a little bit like their identity when they become mm -hmm. a mum and it's almost like this gave you a little side passion and a little bit of a purpose for sure, definitely. Like Michaela, Michaela, not just Mum Michaela, um, yeah. leave. So I think that's really important as well as having like a little hobby or like like an oh, yeah. you actually want to do that's not just cleaning the house or yeah. doing just washing. Feeding a baby and talking to a baby. Yeah, you need you need you and you need you need that. And I think as well for me during pregnancy, you know, we've talked about how much of a hard time I had. I was really really sick, so I kind of lost that. Michaela workout side of me like I loved working out and I just had apps you couldn't have I couldn't have been paid a million pounds and I would have went and did a workout at that point so I lost that part of me whilst I was pregnant as well so regaining something like a new passion was super yeah it it, it really helped me during mat leave as well because um, sometimes mat like mat leave can be a bit lonely as well you know all your friends are at work and you're the one at your husband's at work or your partner's at work and you're the one kind of Ah, this is my job now. It's a bit strange. You're and it's not a job where you see many people. So finding that passion and something that you absolutely love and want to work on is it, it is, it's great. And it helped me so so much during uh, during maternity leave with Lottie for sure. Yeah. I think that's really special as well because like you can some people don't like baby classes. Like I've met some women that are like baby classes are just not for me. So they do feel quite lonely. Like and especially like again when we're all at that age where some of us are still chasing our career or whatever, and then some of us have kid kids and you're like, you've got no other friends. So I do feel bad for my friend because she's like the only one out of us that's had a baby. Yeah. And it's so freaking hard. So to hear that she'd worked with you and you'd helped her so much, like yeah that's amazing like that you you can do that for people and they don't yeah. feel alone 
during yeah. that time and there's different ways where you can meet other mums or you can meet people like you that just get it and don't make you feel alone anymore and it doesn't need to be just a a baby class where you find your people and you create that community yeah and yeah and like I say I still speak to loads and loads and loads of my clients I have some of them on Facebook and we they share my stories for me and whatnot and I have relationships with loads of them because you've been in that same situation where your little one doesn't sleep and you're like oh my gosh someone come and save me that's all you need um so when you've got that in common and you can relate to each other it's great yeah yeah and um so what we were thinking today was that you could maybe <coughs> provide some tips for some mums that are struggling but yeah. like it's not just newborns is it that, that you were because no. I think a lot of people think it's just the early days that they struggle yeah. with sleep um, and teething and stuff like that so yeah I go so I go from I I do work with so what I class as a newborn is zero to four months um it's a little bit trickier to work with that age because they are just quite unpredictable so unless you really 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 need my help I usually say go and wait until they're about four or five months because that's when sleep can properly improve I can give guidance from zero to four but it's usually four months onwards that you can see the biggest improvements um so I do like from four months until the oldest I've done is four years. I have had a request for a seven-year-old, but that's just a little bit out of my expertise. Um, so I I would say from like four to kind of four months to five years is where I would like set my limit. Yeah, because a lot of people just think that it, yeah. it's, it's got a baby that doesn't sleep and they just normalize it for years rather yeah. than exploding something like this, I guess. If you came across cases like that where people have just held off because they thought it was normal. Yeah, yeah, like, a baby doesn't sleep and it's such a shame that that is what most people think that oh you, when you have a baby you won't be able to sleep but it's actually you know sleep deprivation is awful so we sh really shouldn't have that mindset we should have the mindset oh, oh I've got a baby I might have some sleep like a few sleepless nights but I should be able to work on that whereas a lot of mums do think oh, I just thought like it was kind of normal for my baby not to sleep and then they get to one year and they're still not sleeping and it kind of goes on like that yeah um yeah. But like now that I have Lottie and she's a toddler, I love working with toddlers as well. Like I I think it's they're so funny. They've got their own little personalities and it's just great. Like, uh, yeah, it's lots of fun working with toddlers. I really like it. Um, so having a baby and a toddler has definitely put me in a much better position because now I remember when I work with baby mums, like, oh, this is what the, the baby stage is like. But I also have that experience of a toddler as well. So it's definitely, it's been great having Otto to remind me of that kind of newborn stage. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like when you, what I've kind of came across with some mums that have their second child is like the first child might have slept amazing and they found it really easy. Then the yeah. second one, they're like, oh, well, maybe it's just each child's different and this is normal. And then it's affecting both children then because one's not sleeping. And um, like, yeah and like you kind of said at the start as well like that grey feeling of like not sleeping right like mm. it just shows you the power of sleep like one thing oh, we say gosh. on bar to our members is like when everything's gone to shit it's like what's the first thing that we do mm. get your sleep right because if you get your sleep right you've got more energy you can think yeah. properly you're probably going to eat better as well oh, yeah and we had uh, auto cut his first tooth last week and obviously that was our first few sleepless nights in a wee while and Alan and I 
for a good few days were just like oh my gosh we are like blunt knives we could not think properly we were eating rubbish there's still milky buttons in there from like just we needed felt like we needed sugar we I was just like oh gosh it was it was rough um so yeah sleep is so important it's I don't know how I would function as a mum without it I don't know how I'd work with it's just so so important it makes me feel so much better and so much more alert the next day and kind of I'm more I'm more aware and I'm more present when I've had sleep as well I'm not thinking of other things so yeah it's super important yeah brilliant okay so going into that if we had moms that were struggling with listening to this and they're like oh my god that's me like (laughs) three tips that you would maybe get them to um help them with their children that that aren't sleeping right okay so if they're a kind of like baby maybe like zero to one year old I would say um what you need to do is practice kind of putting them to letting so getting them nice and drowsy in your arms or by feeding them but then putting them in their cot or their crib drowsy but awake and just giving them that chance to kind of self-soothe and get themselves off to sleep because what the pro like most baby sleep problems arise from is that they don't know how to get off to sleep without you kind of rocking, singing, feeding them to sleep because they don't have that skill yet. But if you give them lots of time to practice it by putting them in their cot, drowsy, but awake, they will be able to learn that skill. And then if they wake up during the night, they've got that skill to get them back to sleep as opposed to crying out for you for their help, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure it will. If you're a if you're a baby mum, you'll understand. You'll know what I'm talking about. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I know what you mean. Rather than them falling asleep in your uh-huh. arms and then they're yeah. and then you're putting them into like a cold or like, they're coming away from you. They're not hearing your heartbeat and all that. Yeah. And then they're just in this cot by themselves. Like it must be such a transition. Yeah. That wakes them up. Uh, when I was doing my sleep course, the 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 lady who taught it referred to it as like imagine you fell asleep in your bed but then woke up on a park bench you would wake up and be like oh my gosh so it kind of <laughs> that's when I was like wow that does make sense so yeah that's I mean and just out of interest is there any like research that if kids haven't had that taught as a young kid that affects them sleeping as an adulthood or anything no nothing like no that. there's no there's not a lot of research on child sleep um or baby sleep um but so yeah like because it would be kind of it wouldn't be fair to do like not experiments but you know research on babies so there's not much um that goes with it it's just kind of trial and error I guess and so that's like a really really simple tip but like with any other goal in life like we all think it's going to be this massive different thing that you do and it changes everything but it's a simple change but it's a simple change that sometimes will boss and it'll go perfect and there'll uh-huh. be some, some days when they do it and it just doesn't work uh-huh yeah and um, yeah. consistency over time of that little change that yeah that- and just like the thing is so if you've got a baby who you're used to fall they're falling asleep with a little cuddle from you or whatever and you pop them in their uh, cot drowsy but awake they probably are gonna be like what's going on so it's just about giving them that tiny little bit of opportunity and if then they start crying and you feel a little bit uncomfortable picking them up and starting again but always just trying to give them that little bit of opportunity and over time that should help them learn to do it themselves just giving them that little bit of time each time and what you might find is that each time you do it they'll last a little bit longer um 
until they kind of learn that skill themselves. Some babies learn it without any help and some babies just need a little bit more help than others, which is what Lottie was like, so. <laughs> <laughs> and is it one of those ones like, because I've only like, I know it's so different, right? But having a dog and try to train a dog for sleeping through the night and going to the bathroom and stuff like that, you have- It's to- honestly, it's not that much different. My friend, Hannah, uh, had her dog, he, she got him last year and she she was messaging me during the night being like, is this what it was like to have Lottie? I'm actually cuddling this dog. And I was like, yes, that's what it's like. <laughs> so bad when I say that. I'm like, people must be like, she is mental. But is that idea where like, sometimes I was like, this isn't working. Like I'd proper like get really frustrated. And then the next day it was like, oh, you just get that breakthrough moment when it when yeah. it all comes together. It's maybe a little bit like that. Yeah, definitely. And you get lots of clients like, I, so we WhatsApp during the day and at night times whilst I'm giving them advice and uh, some of them are like, oh my gosh, they've just done it. And then the next day they're like, they're doing it again. Is this real? <laughs> You're like, yes, you've probably cracked it now. <laughs> That's amazing. I, love I always that. message they're like, I don't want to jinx it, but because they're obviously like, oh, oh, like once you crack baby sleep, you'll know. You're always like, I don't want to tell anyone in case it goes back to the way it was. So loads of them will message me like, I don't want to jinx it, but so and so is still asleep. <laughs> so it's lovely to get those messages from them. And it's just, oh, we'll talk about that because I know we're going to come up to that later. Um, so what's number two? I would say number two, and this is kind of all ages, would be use white noise. Um, so continuously. So when they're napping, have white noise playing. When they're sleeping at night, have white noise playing. And it's basically because it it younger babies. So it like reminds them of being in your womb, all the blood rushing past them and whatnot. Um, and also for older kind of toddler ages, it blocks out, for instance, if there was an Amazon delivery and they were knocking at the door, having that white noise in their room or just outside the room will block that out and reduce the chances of them waking up. And I mean, that's a super simple one to implement. It's just you can get a white noise machine on Amazon or loads of my clients actually use their Alexas and just say, Alexa, play white noise. So, yeah, and it's it's just it's like the holy grail of baby sleep. I would say it's so good. Uh, I take it out with auto on his pram walks and whatnot as well just in case we're going past any like cars or anything and they'll wake him up yeah okay that's that's great and like is it just when like you said there you'll do it when you're out on a walk uh-huh. just when you're trying to get them to sleep or is it just all yeah the- I would like if auto's been a little bit fussy or anything I'll put white noise on to calm him down because again like it's mimicking that kind of sound of been in the womb so they feel nice and comfortable and yeah it can settle like I'll if they're kind of distressed or anything I say stick white noise on and it usually works but mainly for sleep um and now because I'd like auto sleeps he's in another room now but we can hear the white noise and if it ever runs out of battery I can't get back to sleep now I need it I'm like I love white noise for sleep <laughs> so yeah, yeah. and did cool. you not use it anymore then she doesn't use it anymore. I think we got to a point when she was probably maybe two and it like had ran out of battery one night and she was still sleeping and I thought, oh, I'm just going to take that away from her now. But uh, she does, like, she comes into Otto's room and puts it on for him. So she'll say, white noise on for Otto and, like, presses the little buttons, which is really cute. I love the Alexa idea because I did actually have some members before that were putting it on their phone. So uh-huh. they didn't do anything else because... Yeah. 
the white noise on and then their phone would be out of battery that yeah. having it on Alexa is a really good shout or like you said just investing in one of those machines as well yeah they're like some of them are like 20 pounds on uh, Amazon and they're portable as well which is really handy for going on holiday and whatnot yeah yeah because <laughs> like a lot of people would like sometimes like hoovers like back in the day like yeah. <laughs> hoovers and like noises like that yeah um when so this is really funny so when Lottie when I was trying to work on Lottie's sleep when I was like not doing I probably wasn't doing everything as right as I could have been I, I used to honestly like some of my clients laugh at me for this but it was like April time and I would close all of the curtains in my house and just hoover with her in the carrier every day to make her go to sleep so I'd have the hoover on she was strapped to me in the carrier and it would be like one in the afternoon and all of the curtains would be closed in the, the house um but yeah like that kind of hoover noise it does it does get them to sleep just don't do what I did because I mean my house was super clean that was like about yeah. it it was absolutely crazy back <laughs> yeah killing two birds with one stone yeah, I, <laughs> I remember having my friends round and I was like right I just need to hoover and put her in the carry I'll be like 30 minutes and they were just like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> and and even like if a kid is a little bit older would you still recommend bringing the weight yeah, yeah um point noise I reckon that's in like I put it in my toddler sleep plans I put it in my baby sleep plans it's kind of for everyone um yeah. just that Lottie's kind of she's she's been a good sleeper since I worked on sleep so she's probably grown out of it but if you are really trying to work on sleep I would definitely recommend it yeah okay cool amazing and what's the last one uh I would say like for me I didn't do this with Lottie but I do recommend it a lot now is just if you can't get them to sleep take them out a walk like get out in the fresh air it makes you feel so much better like mm. when you're trying to get your little one to sleep and it's really really hard and they're fighting it the best thing you can do is go out for a walk like if they don't like the buggy put them in the carrier put them in the sling like just get out and get some fresh air because fresh air helps baby sleep at night as well um and it'll make you feel so much better because I know how hard it is sometimes and you feel like you're stuck in the house and you want them to go for a nap but if you just go out in the fresh air I promise it'll make you feel so much better even if like I know this sounds so silly but even if it's raining put the rain cover on and just get your raincoat on and go out it makes such a difference yeah yeah and what if it was like kind of night time I'm guessing that's something you wouldn't really do it at night yeah if they weren't sleeping at night um I'd be thinking of like giving them a little bit more warm milk, trying to get your white noise on, put it up a little bit louder and just give them a good old cuddle until they till they get there and know that this doesn't last forever. Like yeah. it's something that you might have the worst night. It might take two to three hours, but it does not last forever and things will get better. And I think telling yourself that and just telling yourself that you're the best mum for your child and you're their mum for a reason and you're doing absolutely nothing wrong um, and just reminding yourself that it won't last forever. It's absolutely wild, isn't it, though? Like, I always yeah. think of the photo, like, when you see everybody leaving the hospital, and I'm like, <laughs> what do you do? Like, oh. you literally have no clue how where to yeah. even start or what's normal, what's not normal. Like, even There's like... There's no baby like, manual, yeah. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, I was speaking to one of our members recently who's pregnant, and she's really, really early on. And even mm -hmm. with that, she's like, I don't know what's normal. Like, I don't know what I should be feeling right now. Supposedly, I'm pregnant, but I feel normal, but I don't feel normal. Like, should I feel sick? <laughs> should I not feel sick? And you can't ask anyone because no one knows, and everybody's situation is so different, isn't it? 
I know. I remember driving home with Lottie. Uh, so Alan was obviously driving. I was in the passenger seat. And like, I think we pulled over maybe like our, the drive from our house to the hospital is 25 minutes max. I think we pulled over like three times to check that she was in the car seat. Okay. And like, we were just like, oh my gosh, like we've got a baby with us. And yeah, you know, like I actually knew absolutely nothing. I hadn't fed a baby or anything until Lottie came around. So yeah, I just assumed, like I said at the beginning, that they had some milk and then you would just lie them down and that was it. But why? It's not like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's wild and it's so life changing, like overnight, and you're literally responsible yeah. for the human. But like you said, yeah. like it's your baby, you're there as long as they're safe and they're fed yeah. and they're watered, everything will be okay. It always will work out. Yeah. And it, like, as if they're crying like the things you just go for out is their nappy dirty are they hungry do they need a burp that's quite often linked to poor sleep if they haven't got all of their wind up and if you just check all of those things and they're you know they're fine just give them a good old cuddle and get them to sleep yeah because there's nothing better one day you will miss those those nighttime cuddles like I miss the nighttime feeds with Otto so much like that just that little bit of bonding time I would have never missed it with Lottie um, but I definitely miss them now that Otto's kind of dropped them. It's so hard, that isn't it? Everybody, yeah. when you're in it, it's tough. Uh huh. Oh yeah. And you're sleeping normally again. You're like, oh man, I actually miss those little quiet nights. I know. When it's just you and the baby, and you're like, this is it. This is it's just us two just now. Uh, yeah, I definitely miss. I wouldn't have missed it with Lottie, but with Otto, I'm like, mm, I miss you a little bit. I think it. He's my last as well, so I know that like every tiny moment, I'm not gonna get back again yeah yeah and see say well because you've done all the coaching and all that like you will be better anyway but I think like a lot of the time with your first one it is so much harder because everything is so unknown like even yeah. the pregnancy as well like what's going to happen during this pregnancy how is it mm-hmm. going to I know for both pregnancies for you were really tough and really mm-hmm. challenging mm-hmm. but like almost like the second time round, you you're more relaxed aren't you you, you, you oh, know what to do. it's different yeah, I mean, yeah. You get those moments to pause and actually enjoy mm-hmm. it a little bit more for sure yeah you definitely I definitely soak up all up with Otto whereas with Lottie I was kind of wishing that newborn stage away because I found it so hard so I was like when she get when she gets to four that's what people kept telling me when she gets to four months it'll be easier when she can sit up it'll get easier so I was just longing for those moments whereas with Otto I'm like no like like you'd said oh my gosh he's got his first tooth already I was like I really don't want him to have his first tooth because that means he's gonna be getting weaned soon and yeah I just I want him to stay like he is but I know I, I know he won't but that's just yeah it goes so fast <laughs> Even yeah. guys, I can't believe you're telling me a lot he's like two years old oh my gosh I know Insane. I know it's absolutely crazy um so next question what's one thing maybe most parents do wrong when it comes to getting their baby to sleep uh, okay so I get when I do like discovery calls and initial calls um 80% of the mums say I know it's my fault because I've been doing x y and z and I just first of all no mum is ever doing anything wrong with babe like you are doing what you need to do to get through the day to have a little bit more sleep so you can be a better mum for your child so like no one does anything wrong um but I would say that most issues kind of come from what I was saying about that them not being able to self-settle so if they wake up from a nap and they're just having a little grumble like maybe light moans and they're tossing and turning you can leave them for a couple of minutes like what I always say to my like 
client says like right if you hear it just stop listen is it just moaning if it's just moaning have a little look at the monitor before you like kind of run up the stairs to go and get them so you're giving them that opportunity to maybe get themselves back to sleep they might not they might just lie there and then they might start crying which is when you can go and get them but if they're awake and they're having a little grumble it's best to just let them learn like or give them that opportunity to try and learn to self-settle to get themselves back to sleep um I would say that's where most of my like clients have come from it's that kind of as soon as they hear little one rumbling they'll go up and get them so they're not getting that opportunity to learn to get themselves back to sleep yeah and do you think that's more like a mum worry anxiety that if the if you don't soothe them quickly the crying's going to happen quicker yeah you know yeah. if I go and do this now it will stop yeah and I don't like honestly I remember with Lottie one day my mum phoning me because my mum at this point lived in Inverness and I was down here and I was on the phone to her and I just put Lottie down and I said oh my gosh I've got to go she's she's woken up and my mum was like why don't you just wait a minute or like why don't you just go into the because I needed a shower I remember I like I'd probably not showered in like four days because Alan had been away and I said I was on the phone to her and I was like I'm gonna go for a shower but then Lottie started like and I remember going oh my gosh Lottie's awake I need to go and get her and my mum was like she's not even crying like you're f-. and I was like no 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 it'll get so much worse if I don't go in and get her now um but then like as you realize when like that like giving them that little tiny bit of time can really really help them and it can help you as well I'm sure my mum was like go in the shower and I was like what yeah I can't go in the shower she's awake <laughs> but I mean I went and got her but eventually I did learn that that kind of just leaving them and allowing them that little bit of time doesn't always end up with that screaming baby crying it kind of it just gives them that chance to to learn to get back to sleep yeah brilliant thank you and I love that exactly like you said as well like we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves and a lot yeah. of guilt on ourselves to be the best that we can kind of be with being a parent and we always think it's our fault and we're done this wrong we're not doing that right you feel like you're a constant failure yeah, yeah. but you're just surviving yeah you're just surviving and you are you are the best like I said you are the best mum for your baby like you you are the only person who can be the mum for your baby and you're the best at it so always as well let's probably go with your gut instinct like as a mum just go with what you think is best and you'll be absolutely fine Mm -hmm. yeah amazing so like one thing I was thinking I didn't actually say this to you but like is this something people should maybe think before they have their baby? Like, because I know for you, you're really busy and mm-hmm. like maybe getting help from a sleep coach or maybe going to have to wait time yeah. to actually get help. And sometimes like when you're having a baby, you've got the room ready and you've got all the clothes and you've got all the yeah. food, everything you need in the house, but you've not got anything to help you with things yeah. like that. Do you think that's something that people maybe it's becoming more known, people are becoming more aware of it? To, to yeah. Like, for sure and it's it, honestly we I it's gonna look like we've talked about this prior but we haven't we, I promise I'm honestly thinking about doing a like newborn course for mums who are pregnant so kind of videos of what to expect and like things that can prepare you for having a baby because for, I mean I thought I was prepared because I had a pram and I had Lottie's room ready but actually there's so many more things that cut like so many more skills that would have made made me prepared when she came like even just for instance knowing about baby reflux it's so so common like just having a little understanding about that it would make a huge difference so yeah it's definitely something that 
I think if you're pregnant it should be something you're thinking about yeah absolutely because then like when the baby comes you're so exhausted so overwhelmed yeah. there's so many other things you're thinking about to again and if you're like me and you and you've not got friends that have had a baby then like you don't even know what could help so like mm. I think like it's changing and, and this is a wee bit off topic but I was thinking about this as well because when women come to work with me I always recommend like a mummy MOT and it's not a big mm. thing in the UK but if you think about it you've literally your whole body has changed to grow a human like if you had open knee surgery your whole knees changed you would have rehab for months and you don't get anything as a woman people coming out as mummy MOTs who are looking at your pelvic floor your dias recti like just like for me it's really important if people want to work with me that I'm like mummy MOT and the thing is is I've had some like members who have kids that are like 14 and started training and there's been issues that have came up from their pregnancy. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine. That many years and not yeah. knowing about it. So I've had some women come with me and I'm like, book into my mm-hmm. MOT and they're booked up for months because there's so little of them. So that's when I was thinking about you. I was like, it's almost something like, yeah, we want to get the room ready and have all the kit and make sure mm-hmm. everything's ready for baby, but also having some things for you. Like yeah, MOT sure. to get back up and not be in pain and, and uh-huh. to best in something like that and then also like sleep coaching to like make sure that you're getting to sleep and we're helping the baby sleep well. like oh, yeah that sounds amazing if you do kind of focus on something like that because I don't think yeah, definitely. and if people are not working and you know what it's like you're waiting for the baby just to come that you could spend time on stuff like that yeah oh 100 usually yeah if the pre pre due date you take a good couple well you should take a good couple of weeks off just to get your sleep in and get ready for that because like yeah you can especially after giving birth I think some mums are home within a few hours now like you're you're just that's it you're sent home after you've given birth a few hours and it's a massive thing that you go through c-section like natural birth they're all absolutely crazy but you're kind of sent home really quickly so having that time to prepare and whatnot before that happens is super super it's super important totally um so for you like with the sleep coaching because I'm aware Matt Lee's finishing soon right I hate saying that to people <laughs> okay. yeah well, I don't I don't know when I'm going back yeah um, but it will he's five months so I've got another few months and then back to work yeah yeah so what's your plan like with now because you're going back into like proper schools again aren't you you're... yeah yeah um prior like since I've had the sleep lab I've been in like an education office so I've not actually been teaching uh so yeah but I, the 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 aim is to go back into schools I guess like properly yeah yeah so what we're gonna what's it what's it how would you feel you're going to be managing the sleep coach and back yeah schools, like, um so when I met, when I wasn't on mat leave before, I was working Tuesday to Friday. So I had that kind of Monday. And again, Lottie was sleeping really well. So it was all about time management and scheduling calls when she was napping or when I knew she would be sleeping or whatever. Um, and I'll just be doing the same. I'll be working at night, working at the weekends. But also, it's so important to take time for yourself. So I won't be working all weekend. But just that time management and having a really good, like I've got, it's over here this amazing diary by Caris Whitaker I don't know if she's an Instagrammer she's a mum as well and it's just scheduling to the it's amazing honestly it has hourly schedules and everything so just using that as best I can and utilizing evenings which works for mums anyway 
Um, and then again, like I said, those course, like a downloadable course, which means that it'll be pre-recorded. So it wouldn't involve me kind of working all of the time that will be there and I can just update it as I go, as things change and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, a wee bit more hands-off, but all the information people kind of know. Uh-huh, yeah. So just but always, always remaining hands-on because like that's my favourite part is kind of connecting with other mums and giving them that daily WhatsApp support. Um, it would just be that I would give it before I left for work and then kind of on my break or on my lunch and after school which is kind of how it goes anyway. It's not like I'm messaging mums like every two minutes. It's kind of like in the morning, they'll give me a little update and then I'll give some advice and then usually after lunchtime nap and things like that. So I, it it should still work out. I really hope it will and I'll do everything I can to make sure that it does. Oh, totally. And I think like even when I first spoke to you about all of this, like you're so passionate about it and you're absolutely yeah. love it. And I was almost like, why don't you just go with this full time? Like you love teaching as well and like, I just think it's so special you're just such a caring you're absolutely amazing and I know that you're just changing so many lives from like helping people with sleep and I think it's really special that you're doing that but also still teaching as well yeah I'm just excited to see where things go for you yeah um yeah I do I love teaching and it's been my kind of bread and butter for way too many years now probably uh yeah so definitely want to try and make them both work yeah perfect amazing so um I've got a question I ask all our guests um who is someone like a woman that comes to mind that maybe inspired you growing up this was this was a like I'm speaking to Alan about this this morning and it's a real like I feel as though throughout my life different females have inspired me through different parts of my life so I think when I was younger um like high school age my I had my auntie Kerry had cystic fibrosis which is like a, a life life-threatening kind of illness that la- it's it lasts all the time and it won't go away and I used to watch her just like get up and take every each day every day as it came and uh, it kind of inspired me because she would have a lot of like difficult news to take in and she just got up and got on with it so I think in my school era she was a little bit older than me so I really looked up to her and her kind of positive attitude on life which I probably didn't appreciate as much as I do now like looking back I'm like gosh you went through so much and you just like got up every day and dealt with it so I definitely think she had a huge kind of inspiring influence on my life and then like through university there was female lecturers like I studied sport and there was different female lecturers who just seemed to boss it and like come out and I just loved that um and then when I went on to do teaching like when I was doing my uni course I was on placements and I was surrounded by amazing female teachers and when I first started in teaching I had an amazing head teacher um who inspired me and then kind of when I went through my sleep coaching I was inspired by other sleep coaches who are all female so it was just like all of these females have kind of shaped me who I am if you know what I mean there's been so many that I couldn't just pinpoint it on one of them there's been I said that to Alan today I was like I've been inspired by so many females and it's amazing and even now I see like mums who are opening their own gyms who are doing their own baby classes and you're just like you go for it like I love it I love seeing that I think it's amazing oh I love that that's so special and it is like just everybody and I think with like the industry you're in it is quite female based isn't it and it's really cool to see like everyone's just everyone's just trying to get by and everyone's just trying to get by and do their best but 
I know you especially like you are so driven that I was like where is that really kind of coming from like yeah you could be a teacher but you're like I want to do more (laughs) and it's like doing more it's like oh but now I could be a coach and then I was like oh maybe I could renovate a house I'm like Kayla (laughs) Alan's like you need to stop it's like calm down yeah it's amazing we're doing I'm doing a high rock in January and I was having a week you know when you have your wee moans about like sometimes at dinner and he was like Michaela why are you moaning like look at everything you're doing no wonder you're tired but uh, yeah I just yeah there's just been so many I love seeing females do well I think it's great I think when we were younger you didn't see that kind of like I don't want to say boss girl but you didn't have that like when I was younger I don't ever remember seeing like as many girls open up businesses and things like that and now you see it so much like you've got like your aesthetics you've got gym people like and you just see it everywhere and I just love it I think it's amazing and I just think that's what like I've, I've loved Lottie to be brought up in that kind of but I don't want to say boss girl, but that kind of like independent woman who's doing it for themselves and doing it for their family. I can't wait for her to see that and hopefully be inspired by others because I think it's great. And I wish I had a bit more of that when I was younger because I don't think I really did. It was more when I got to kind of uni and whatnot that you you started seeing that. And I don't know if that's from where I lived or whatever, but it was definitely when I moved down here, I started seeing a lot more of that. And I think it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, brilliant. I love it. And I always think of my mum, like, I feel so lucky because, like, uh, she's been on the podcast before as well, but she's been uh-huh. through so much, but she was always, like, she was, like, a single mum, and she was out trying to become a manager at job, and then she got made redundant, and then she went back to uni, and it's just, like, where does she get this from? Like, it's so crazy, but it's gave me a lot of, like, right, okay, I just want to be better, 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 and I know I can do stuff. I've seen my mum do stuff, like, managers and stuff, and then, you go to uni and you see more oh, people yeah. doing it. and I, I do think in a weird way maybe even like social media has helped a lot as well because we can see people killing it whereas when you're uh-huh. brought up in a neighborhood when no one's really doing stuff like that you don't know it exists and I just feel no. like this massive opening now where people are opening up and yeah, yeah at the end of the day we can't do it all being a mum and all this but I think like you have just following your passions and doing what you love makes and it- I think as long as you're passionate about something you'll, you'll you will make it work like yeah um because the sleep lab is like one of my biggest passions and I've just there have been times where it's been really tricky like I started my my new job when I started sleep lab and it was it I'm, I don't want to make it sound like it was easy because it definitely wasn't it, it was about like right committing to this and setting time out for this and this is when I'm gonna like it wasn't just like I'm just gonna wing it it was about lots of planning and making it happen yeah brilliant honestly we could chat all day like I know (laughs) I really hope I haven't went off on tangents no absolutely amazing I know so many people are going to love this but also just know themselves it's not just them like there is help out there and they can do it and they're doing the best they can and and that's already amazing um but for people if they want to reach out and ask you questions um where can where's the best place to find you so just my instagram which is at the sleep lab uk that's where like you've got a link to my website on there but that like most of my kind of inquiries come through dms and i get back to them as quickly as i can like uh, being a mum of two sometimes it takes a little bit longer but that's where you'll get me if you dm me and then you want something I, I can send you to my website or i can get you set up it's just you just ask me a question and i'll reply 
yeah and like we kind of discussed like earlier as well you do have a wait unless you are pretty busy so it's one of those things like message you earlier than later um but I even need to follow it because I, I even when I was looking for it I've got your private one and I'm like uh-huh. I need to find it so I'll make sure I follow as well but we can contact Michaela there I'll also put those um information in the description box as well so people uh-huh. can find it thank you but honestly Michaela you've been absolutely amazing thank you so oh, much thank you so much for having me it's been amazing brilliant so we'll let everyone head off Michaela you stay here we'll have a little chat after but everyone else thank you for listening if you've got any questions feel free to message myself or Michaela we're always happy to help and I hope you've really enjoyed today